0: everyone. Uh, this is Luke John-Louis, the host of The Deep Voiceman Show. Uh, thanks for joining us today. Uh, we have a treat in store for you guys. Our guest is Lane Kawakoa. Um, and Lane's story uh, starts off as a civil engineer who was building a, a side gig uh, in investing in real estate in Honolulu, Hawaii. But all of a sudden, he was able to quit his job, fire his boss, and never look back. And he was able to do this three years ago, and congrats to him. And he now teaches other people to do the same. And today he owns over uh, 4,000 4, units. Uh, he writes for Forbes magazine and has a top 50 investing podcast that can be found at simplepassivecashflow.com and is an Amazon uh, bestseller. And so in a world uh, with so many real estate gurus, uh, people know him as the real estate anti-guru, <laughs> and uh, this is personal for him because he saw how his parents were uh, screwed by, you know, Wall Street and their 401ks, and so he's trying to help others to essentially escape the rat race uh, and not have to rely on Wall Street or Social Security and whatnot. And so he is the uh, the leader of the Hui Deal Pipeline Club, and they manage over 350 million dollars of real estate by syndicating over. $400 million of private equity since 2016, and uh, he's been investing for over a decade, and Lane uses his engineering degree to a reverse engineer the wealth-building strategies that the rich use, so we're very fortunate to have him here. He's a very busy man, and so uh, you know we're very blessed that he was able to carve out some time in his packed schedule to sit down and have a chat with us. Uh, so thank you so much for Lane for uh, Lane for coming on board. And uh, I guess my first question for you is, um, what what is your background exactly, and how did you first gravitate towards doing what you do today?
1: Yeah, so I kind of grew up like I think a lot of your listeners, right? Like working professionals, we're all taught this sort of lie to, you know, study hard, go to school, right. get a degree. And that's exactly what I did. Um, You know, graduated college, got an engineering degree, bought a house to live in, which I don't necessarily agree with. We can talk about that later. But yes, you know, had was had this home that I was living in, and I was never Mm -hmm. home because I was traveling all over for work. So then, what I started to do was I started to rent it out, and the monthly rents were twenty two hundred a month. The mortgage was sixteen hundred. And mm. a young twenty-year-old kid at the time—that was a lot of beer money—and uh, <laughs> that was the kind of the start of it all.
0: Wow, wow, that's amazing. And you know, it's interesting. Um, so many real estate investors start that way. Um, I guess I guess they call this a house hacking. I don't I don't know if you're familiar with this. Yeah, or, or, or the first. Yeah,
1: yeah, or accidental landlord, right? You're trying to, yes. you know, live for free. I mean, I. You know, mine's a strictly a long-term rental that I didn't live. I actually didn't live anywhere for a few years. Wow. And, you know, I think a lot of people think about real estate investing as house flipping or what they see in HGTV, yeah. but, you know, that's a J-O-B, right, for folks who have low-paying jobs, in my opinion. But right. For a lot of people in my tribe, you know, I was an engineer. but mm. We got a lot of doctors, lawyers, yeah. entrepreneurs. I mean, your mm-hmm. highest and best use is your day job. So to right. me, the best thing to do with time being of the essence is yeah. to invest passively on the side. But you need money to do that. Right.
0: Of course. And and time is obviously our most valuable asset. And so many people spend it at work, but more people, I think, prefer to spend it more with the family. And I think that's one of the regrets that older people have before dying is they spend so much time working and not with the family while throughout their life. And... So it looks like, you know, you've, you've found the way uh, and you're trying to lead the way for others. And it's interesting, you spent so many hours um, working at, you know, as an engineer. And, but, you know, they say there's different types of wealth. You know, there's money wealth, um, but then there's also time wealth and health, health wealth. And time wealth is very important, meaning having time to do the things that you enjoy, particularly being with your family and whatnot. So so many people are rich in one area, but poor in, in another area. And people need to sort of understand that. And uh, so it's so amazing that, you know, you were able to escape the rat race. So you're sort of like an inspiration to me. That's something um, I'm currently in the process of doing. Um, So uh, I'm curious now, uh, you now obviously, a lot of things may have changed somewhat uh, due to the pandemic and whatnot. How would you describe the, the current state of real estate and what challenges has the pandemic posed, if any?
1: Well, I mean, I, I think we, you know, the type of investing we do is a little bit different than what most people think of real estate investing. Okay. We're not house flipping, we're not right. selling houses, we're buying properties for cash flow. So right. we target properties that on a month-to-month basis really mm. cash flow and produce that monthly income, whether or mm. not it's good times or bad times. So how do we right. do that? Well. We buy properties that are one percent rent to value ratio or greater. Okay. So you figure this out by just taking the monthly rent, dividing by the purchase price. Yeah. And that's your percentage. And we're look, again looking for something one percent or higher. So a lot of the properties we'll help people get initially are, you know, a hundred thousand dollars and they'll rent right. for a thousand dollars or more. So a thousand dollars by a hundred grand is one percent. Now yeah. one thing that um, you know, I think a lot of people that I work with are in California or Seattle and you'd be lucky mm. to buy a place in the ghetto <laughs> for four hundred yeah. grand. You know, we don't buy places wow. in the ghetto, by the way. Right. Yeah. But you know, that might rent for two thousand dollars a month. Um right. so two thousand divided by four hundred grand is half a percent. That isn't gonna mm. work. We wouldn't buy that. Mm. 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 Okay.
0: So what would the folks who live in those expensive areas have to do? Would they have to, obviously, they'd have to buy property near, far from where they live, right, I suppose?
1: Right, uh, right. I mean, I live in Hawaii here. I started in Seattle. Um, but yeah, the same goes. Live where you want, but invest where the numbers make sense. So okay. in a way, you're kind of arbitraging your high-paid yeah. salary, which you may yeah. not get in a place like Kansas City or Birmingham you know or even maybe even Atlanta Um, but you're taking that high paid salary putting it somewhere else and you're Mm. investing in things like workforce housing right Mm. like we normally Mm. target the rents between $700 to $1,400 a month Mm. wow
0: that's amazing and so people have the opportunity to essentially uh, invest long distance where the numbers were which is amazing and Obviously, uh, you have to save for the down payment in many cases, um, or you could get a lower down payment if you live there, if you plan on getting uh, an F- FHA loan or whatnot.
1: But um, right. generally,
0: twenty percent.
1: Right. Yeah. Right, and that's that's the hard thing about this, right? I'm not going to yeah. lie, you're going to need money yeah. to invest, and this is where it comes where we differentiate ourselves from a lot of kind of the scams out there, right? They're all preaching right. this no-money-down nonsense, yeah. but yeah, bro, mm-hmm. if you don't have money, you can't invest. This is real estate <laughs> investing. You need a good-paying mm-hmm. day job, right, which which is what I had initially and what got right. me started. Right,
0: and and so that's so critical to have the 20% down because I think a lot of times when you have a low down, when you get a real estate for a low or nothing down, you're very over-leveraged, and it's hard to cash flow, to generate a cash flow that way, I would I would imagine. Yeah.
1: It, and it's just a different have- business model, right? Yeah. I mean, like I think we're buying streams of income,
0: mm. and
1: in like I think this is where I kind of refute a lot of like the mainstream financial advice, which is that accumulation right. theory. You accumulate yeah. a two million dollar you know pot of money, mm. and then you or two or four million dollars, and you kind of live off the rest, which right. I think is a very flawed way of doing things. Mm. Now, what people normally think about real estate in the, or, you know, what they think about, you know, building, building this money up in their 401k and right. living off of it. But if you kind of look at the end game, you're going right. to need cash flow. Mm. So why not switch your, you know, the end game to right. cash flow? Right. Um, so that's what we're doing today. We're buying passive streams of income in cash flow. Mm. Mm. It, wow, that's amazing.
0: And so has the in terms of the pandemic, has that changed anything or
1: things are still running smoothly as they did before? Or, Yeah, business is pretty um, – business as usual. Normally, we're collecting 97% of the rent. Oh, okay. Maybe in the worst of COVID, it was in the low 90s. Some properties even performed better during COVID. Hmm. Uh, yeah, we're still making money as long as we can stay above 60 70% occupancy a, a lot of the time. So they're quite a big buffer. But that mm. mostly has to do with what what properties we're buying. You know, we're not buying we're buying in good areas, secondary and tertiary mm. markets like Birmingham, Atlanta, Houston, Dallas, uh, just mm. to name a few. Um, mm. What we're also mm. doing is we're focusing on red states, right? Now, not to say anything mm. politically, but when you're the landlord, you want the landlord laws on your side, right? As opposed to invest, you know investing in the socialist republic of california where you can't addict <laughs> people um, and it also you know we also try and focus on more of the economically growing and population growing area yeah the emerging markets yeah. if you if you will
0: okay like the Sun Belt, i hear where everyone's moving right
1: right uh, i mean generally people are kind of moving to the warmer climates might have to yeah. do with you know older people but you know generally that's i mean i i I kind of follow, you know, there's population growth, there's job growth, but what I kind of right. follow is the rent increases per year. Oh, okay. Right.
0: And, and a lot of that is published
1: yeah. industry news that, you know, one could follow. Right. Wow. Wonderful. And so that's
0: amazing. And obviously, rent increases are a sign of supply and demand as well. So that tells you already if people are going there,
1: moving there. So that
0: tells you exactly that's a quick kind of.
1: Short-time. Exactly. No, I mean, it's a, it, it, there's many indicators, right? But that's one that's very trackable. Yeah, right. Right, and
0: that's so amazing. And, you know, actually, I'm someone who studies real estate. I actually read a lot of books on it and podcasts here and there. I read a lot of books from a firm called, um, you may have heard of it, called Bigger Pockets. Um, I'm not too sure what you think of Bigger Pockets, but um, I find a lot of their books and material really good. And, um, but I'm learning a lot of new information from you, which is amazing. You know, you're like a teacher and I'm a student and, um, but, uh, you know, so, um, thank you so much for the information you've provided. I'm, I'm curious though, where do you see things going in the future and where do you see yourself in that future?
1: I mean, we kind of focus on this term like workforce housing, right? We're not buying right. the high end. We're not buying the low end. Right. We're, we're focusing on what the bell, in the bell curve of America where you know, people mm. need pl- good places to live mm. that are $700 to $1,200 a month rent. Wow. So, and you know, in this country, the population is growing, um, yes. whether it be immigrants or just general population yeah. growth. But yeah. That's the kind of housing that we provide. And the theory mm-hmm. is in a recession, right. we do you know, better than most, right? Because mm. people in the high-end luxury stuff, they have to move to yeah. our more value-based apartments. Um, mm. We're not low-end. We're not slum lords. Like, you know, we don't, we don't go to that lower-end area. We kind of stay right in that sweet spot in the middle.
0: Mm. Wonderful. That's amazing. And, you know, it's interesting how so many people want to, you know, go to the high-end or, or go to the low-end. And do you find that there, the competition is better when you focus on the middle end or it's just about the same? Or
1: Well, as far as competition, what we do these days is we target higher um, unit counts. So we stay above 100 unit properties mm. and we stay below the larger property, the 300, 400 units. Because what we're doing mm. is we're trying to stay mm. below the institutional investors, the guys that are right. investing y'all's pension funds. Yeah. Retirement funds and just want a low rate of return. Right, mm. we can't compete with those guys. Those guys are always going to outbid us on deals. And yeah. we're also staying above two million dollars purchase price because that is where most mom and pop, unsophisticated real estate investors are. Right, your hmm. bigger pockets crowd, the do-it-yourselfers. Right, yeah. we're kind of in this nice sweet spot, maybe between two to $10, $15 dollars, where there's not very much um, competition. Right. Mm. I mean, you, you still need to raise, bring in with like a 5 to $10 million down payment and capex mm. to acquire mm. one of these properties. Mm. So in terms of competition, it's pretty low competition for us um, for the most part. Wonderful. And in
0: the beginning, you focused on single-family homes. Now I'm guessing you're past that. Is, is that where you believe people should begin? They should start off with single-family homes and then – kind of graduate from there?
1: Right. I mean, if you're just starting out and your net worth is under a quarter million dollars as mine was back in 2009, I mean, the only option you have to me is buying rental properties on your own. Yeah. Um, lately, I, I invest via syndications and private placements for investors to pick, come in with $50,000. And, you know, for somebody of lower net worth, that's a substantial amount of money. The syndicator mm. putting the deals together, bringing in investors, got to be crazy to bring in a lower net worth investor yeah. at those mm. type of minimums. And okay. yeah, I mean, it's just, I, I think you have to grow your net worth and not only do that, but be able to mm. be somewhat sophisticated. I mean, mm. you need mm. to be sophisticated right. to be invested in these deals, technically per SEC law.
0: Oh. Um,
1: there's not really a, a, a hard line definition of what that is, but right. I think you need to kind of know what you're investing in because anybody can put together a pitch deck and a webinar these days and right. you know, bring right. in money. You know, you really got to know who you're working with and, you know, by owning real, real estate on your own, you kind of start to build some heuristics and understanding of the business to be able to help you out, make you a better right kind of deal picker in the future but more importantly i think you know where do you find all these deals right these are all the mm. cup deals well you're right. going to find that through your network so right how do you do that well you can't you can't fake it you can't fake it to yeah. make it when in networking right. you have to yeah. own real estate to kind of get in those circles
0: hmm. right and that's so amazing and it's actually one of my future questions is going to be uh, about what your advice was in regards to networking but um I actually um, had a, a quick question I just wanted to mention to you before that. Now, obviously, there are so many um, quote-unquote gurus out there, and you're the anti-guru, or so many teachers and programs um, when it comes to uh, real estate. Um, what makes you guys, and what makes you different, and what's your competitive advantage, and what makes you stand out, and make you, what do you think makes you more effective than other teachers out there?
1: Yeah. I mean, when people think of like real estate gurus, right, you're you're thinking about like a sign up for this program, high yeah. pressure sales, and it's all a yeah. bunch of BS about mindset. Right. And yeah. me as an engineer, you know, I'm like, well, just give me the tactics. Just tell me what to do. <laughs> <Yeah>. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I get it. Right. Like, yeah, I mean, you know, I think the biggest like the biggest thing just from a mindset perspective is like this stuff. Yeah. Like you grow your money at twenty or thirty percent when you just buy a simple rental property. Why right. would you want to do the retirement fund mutual fund approach? Right. And it's right. passive and it's tax advantaged and you're using leverage. Yeah. And it's a no brainer yeah. and tenants are paying down right. your mortgage for you. But right. how do you do it, right? And that's I think yeah. where I've kind of you know, and I started my podcast back in 2016. This mm-hmm. is a like a way to just tell people how to do it, right? I mean, right. Like, I would say if you're if you're interested in buying a turnkey remote rental, just go listen to my first dozen podcasts. They were all about right. that at the time. Right. Where do you go? What do you buy? You know, a lot of like mm-hmm. what do you look for? Right. Um, and then you know who do you work with? Right. I mean, that's yeah. That's what people need to get started. And I just decided to just. Give it all away for free. I mean, a lot of it's still out there. I mean, if you just, like my analyzer, people can go download my analyzer for free, right? You don't right. pay 350 bucks or $5,000 <laughs> for upsell yeah. to a $20,000 program, right? That's yeah. nonsense. Yeah, um, You're going to have to do some work on your own, that's for sure, because right. financial freedom is not for everybody, right? Like if everybody mm-hmm. just today sure. went and bought a rental property and, and, and saved up more money and bought a few more, they yeah. Probably wouldn't have to go to work after right. 10 years, right? Mm. And mm. society would crumble if we did that. <laughs> Not everybody can yeah. do this.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's that's so true actually. And you know, it's interesting how so many people get fleeced and scanned by, you know, a lot of these gurus. Um, they go to these expensive boot camps and they learn things that they could have learned on their own or through listening to your podcasts and other free r- resources that you provide. So it's amazing. How so many folks, you know, they, they overcharge for this kind of stuff, and um, but obviously you're in this to to help people, not really to, you know, take money from others. And yeah, um,
1: and, and you but, know what I don't like about like these programs is they'll target guys who don't have any money, right? right. Like I I tell people, and we, I think I started at the beginning, like if you don't have money yeah. for the down payment, I'm sorry, man, I can't help you. Right. But right. who are the people I'd like to help are like the working folks that yeah. have good paying jobs because we were the ones kind of lied to. Right. We yeah. were told to be good little boys and girls, study hard, yeah. get a degree yeah. and work at that yeah. job and slave away. And by the way, pay your more than your share of taxes. Right. It's the middle yeah. class yeah. that are becoming endangered species. And to me, those are the people that I kind of target. And, you know, this is the way to do it. the Simple passive cash flow method. Right. Definitely.
0: And, you know, the interesting thing about real estate is that it's so accessible to the common person. And, you know, then you have the, you know, you have the leverage, you have the tax advantages. Uh, the money you get from rents is, you know, you can, I'm sure you can pay less on it than you'd get from, money, you know, W-2 wages and whatnot. So it's, it's incredible. And, um, you know, so it, I guess going to school does help in one sense because it allows you to get a high-paying job, I suppose, so you can pay for the, you know, down payments and whatnot. Uh, I guess it, it may serve some purpose, but, I, but unfortunately so many people are graduating with these high student loans, um, which somewhat may hamper their efforts, I suppose, to get uh, save for a down payment. Um, I'm, I'm, but here's the thing. For folks, now obviously you recommend that people rent out Um, the place that they live or part of the place that they live and have the tenant pay for the mortgage somewhat. So you you can live for free or close to it. But um, for folks who are in the expensive areas, you do recommend that they buy uh, more affordable rental property, um, not where they live, but somewhere else. Or do you think that they should move or?
1: I don't think that they should move, right? Live where you want, right? Unless you live in San Francisco or New York. (laughs) <laughs> Get the hell out of those type of places. But look, I mean, part of this is just becoming the remote landlord, right? And I know right. that makes a lot of people uncomfortable and people are going right. to drop like flies at this point. But this is mm-hmm. a very repeatable way of investing as long mm-hmm. as you work with the right lenders, the right brokers and property managers and inspectors. It's just a matter of right. building your team with the right vendors and working with the people that you know other people have worked with in the past
0: okay and 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 so you right obviously the property management is key you want to get the right company and whatnot and perhaps you can even get a long distance real estate partner to share you know maybe split the rents with and who lives closer to the property who may help more uh you know and so i so i guess it's very doable to be a remote landlord Uh, because i live in new york city unfortunately Um, yeah i'm sure (laughs) you you feel for me or whatnot but yeah, you know, I, I do like the city for um, for the most part, but I understand where you're coming from from your perspective and whatnot. <laughs> so, being a remote landlord is something
1: I would have to look into personally,
0: because um, real estate is something I do have a strong interest in.
1: Um, right. So, right. Yeah. I mean, it's just not—it's just a two different strategies, right? You could right. buy stuff in New York, but you'll probably be bleeding cash flow every month to hold, hold on to that thing. And yeah. Then, yeah, it it might appreciate, but I just consider that gambling. Right. Mm, I don't gamble with money. I only go into Mm. sure bets. And how do you ensure that? But with monthly cash flow. Right.
0: And, you know, and obviously the laws in New York are not the pro landlord laws that you prefer or that is preferable for investors. Um, so that's another thing to keep, I guess, to keep in mind. Um, so, all right. So now, uh, I'm, I'm curious now you, you mentioned already networking and networking is so critical for real estate investors to find, you know, and private lenders to find partners and to find opportunities in many cases and uh, about properties for sale that are not list, you know, that are off market what, or whatnot. What advice would you give to people when it, when it comes to networking
1: effectively? Yeah, so, I mean, all that stuff you, you kind of mentioned, we don't do that, right? We're passive investors. We kind of pay retail price. We don't screw around and we don't try and find really good deals because you don't need to. Oh, okay. You're making yeah. good enough returns on your own. But, right. um, but yeah, you definitely want to network and find you know, people to also do this. I call them pure passive investors to help you yeah. find good referrals. And especially right. when you become more of an accredited investor and investing in yeah. private placements and syndications, like, well, who are the operators to work with? Who are the right. attorneys? Who are the CPAs? Right. who are the life insurance guys you want to be working with. Like It's all through your right. network. Your network is your mm. net worth.
0: Mm. Mm. I like that. Um, your your network is your net worth, which is so true. Uh, the most successful people in the world have the widest and deepest networks they've found. And so definitely, um, there is something to it. And it's interesting, you mentioned that you buy properties at, at retail, the retail price. So it's not like you're trying to haggle or anything or trying to find some off-market property that someone has to sell right away. And you, you buy, you can, I guess you can go to a real estate agent in MLS and get the re you just pay the retail price with the 20% down payment. Right.
1: Right. Right. I mean, I'm not, not saying you can't go find good deals. Right. But that right. to find good deals takes time. And yes. at least for myself and my tribe, right. Our time is pretty freaking valuable. Right. A lot of my right. clients like, a doctor says better off they go in on the weekend and do an extra surgery and they make 10, 20 grand right there, right? Um, you know, then to screw around doing all these very, you know, on the low end, right? Like a like you know like a lot of these websites that have a lot yeah. of newbie investors. It's very competitive, right? To get yeah. those deals, it's almost like you're trading. Ultimately, it's a job, a low paying yeah. job at it, right? Now if you're right. a mailman making 40 grand a year that might make sense but most of us yeah. in my group we're making 80 you know most multiple six figures
0: right 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 so you don't have time to wait around for a good deal or to to market for anything like that you know they I think a lot of real estate books suggest that you mail postcards or letters or Taps and business owners uh, or use you know right. we mail. don't do
1: we don't do any of that type of stuff um right that's, yeah. you know we we're passive investors right
0: right and passive in every sense of the word of course and i think that's you know very key and very critical um so i think that's amazing that you go to retail price um which is readily available and and these are highly paid professionals, and they're able to save up for the 20% down payment, and and invest anywhere in the country where the numbers work. I think that's amazing, and I think it's just it's just something that's available to so many people. Um, and I, you would think more and more people would take advantage of it, working professionals, and do what you did and what your clients do. Uh, but I guess you were, you said before, if everyone did it, society would crumble. So I guess maybe it's better this way
1: um yeah so. yeah i mean i think i think the part of the problem is like and i was there you know you just have a lot yeah. of bad financial advice around you i mean the system right. is engineered to keep us all working right right and and that's what wall street is built off of wall street's built to you know steal all our kind of in, these hidden fees how yeah. is it that in like a i'm paying retail price but I'm putting together my own investment that makes 20, 30 percent return. Again, if you don't believe me of those numbers, go download my analyzer and go check yourself. Right. And right. Or go to slash returns I do a little whiteboard exercise and yeah. kind of illustrate this. And then how are you only make it eight to ten percent in your stocks, right? In mutual yeah. funds, like w- yeah. what, what the heck, right?
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that's absolutely. I I could totally. And you know, with real estate. I, I believe I agree with you. It's a superior investment to stocks because obviously you have the leverage. You know, you, you don't have that kind of leverage uh, with with stocks, and it's backed by re- something real. And stocks, oftentimes, you know, a lot of times it's just imaginary and whatnot, and um, kind of bubbly. And, you know, and so, but it's intangible. But real estate, it's tangible. It's interesting for a 100k property. Uh, if you were to do 20% down, that's $20,000. And I think that's well within the reach of most, um, working professionals, if they save to do at least $20,000 to buy their first property, you know, a 100 K property, whether it's in North Carolina or Florida or whatnot. Um,
1: so, you know, that's the thing about real estate. It's so accessible,
0: you know, Yeah, right,
1: right. And, and, you know, most of my clients, I mean, it comes down, I don't care what you make, at your day job, right? It's the more important thing is what do you net at the end of the year? Most of my clients are able to save at least 30 grand a year, most are a little bit higher than that, maybe 50. Or, you know, the guys are investing this way, they're able to put away 100, 150 grand, 200 grand every single year, right? And that's when Mm. you see that exponential hockey stick, but you know if you're able to put away twenty thirty grand a year, you know that now you're talking about buying a rental property every year, and you know it took me maybe six years to get up to eleven rental properties this way, but you know it's it's a get rich surely thing, not a get rich fast thing.
0: hmm I like that get rich surely, not get rich fast and um I guess I'd be remiss if I didn't mention this. obviously, you know we always hear these horror stories. Um, from people who are landlords, uh, you know, or I guess ex-landlords, about tenants not paying rent, about tenants trashing the property. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to assume that um, obviously, you know, you don't deal with that too much. <laughs> You've succeeded. Well, I've, in real I've definitely
1: had, definitely had my share of that, right? But that's why oh, yeah. we have enough cash flow so we can pay a professional third-party property management to do all that okay. pain in the butt work for us, right? We're running a sort of a scalable business here Yeah, that is sort of passive. Mm. Mm. And so you have
0: enough cash flow. And so I guess with the cash flow you get every month, you have to save some of it for an emergency fund or just in case there's a vacancy or just in case there's some, an eviction you have to do. You You don't spend all of it, but you have to have that kind of, savings uh so to speak that you have to put some exactly, of the money in exactly
1: exactly. and a lot of this is like will be illustrated in my analyzer if people want to just okay. download and kind of look in the spreadsheet but you know just on a high level you know podcast form here now if you're yeah. making a thousand dollars a month you know a hundred bucks ten percent is going to go to repairs a hundred bucks is going to yeah. go to vacancy right um stuff like that another 100 bucks is going to go to your property manager and then maybe you want to stick another 100 bucks in some savings account somewhere to to put to allocate towards capex issues in the future right like you may have to buy a new hvac you may have to put a new roof on there big things like that and then of course you're going to right. pay your mortgage payment but you know ideally you're going to have maybe 10 20% of that money as that cash flow right the right. true profit of that business After all expenses, repairs, and you know, Mm -hmm. you got to put money in escrow, your your own personal escrow, right? Your savings, right? Emergency, definitely.
0: And obviously, you have to have the CPA or the bookkeeper when you do the taxes um, and whatnot. And uh, the great thing about owning real estate is you get those tax benefits. You also get, in some cases, depreciation, um, and what which I guess
1: helps a lot. Right. Right. But that's where, you know, like the, the bigger deals kind of trump yeah. all the single family homes, right? Like you said, right. you're able to take one 27th of the value of the property as a loss every year, which yeah. may even exceed how much you make in the rental property, right. which is a good thing right. for taxes. But with, right. you know, larger deals that, you know, we do, we'll do a cost segregation. So mm. instead of running off the property in 27 years, we're able to yeah. write off, one third of the building in the first year, creating this huge loss Mm. the first year, Mm. it's a paper loss. And that's where we really get into these more high net worth strategies, you know, where you start to take those passive activity losses and possibly Mm. offset your ordinary income that you make at your day job. Right? Mm. So for those of the guys, you know, making over more than three hundred thousand dollars a year, this should be music to your ears where you're now you're you're able to shelter and get out of that yeah. highest tax bracket and save, you know, forty, fifty cents on every dollar
0: to taxes. Wow, that's amazing. And you know, is it? I'm curious. Can someone skip the single family path in the beginning and just jump to these bigger deals, multifamily, you know, apartment buildings, and not bother with single family <laughs> at all, and just get to there?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a. I actually have a, quite a bit of guys who will do that. You know, I, I always say, you know, educate, you don't have to buy a property, but at least educate yourself, right? To mm. at least know what a sucker deal is. Mm. And then, you know, a lot of this has to do with, you know, when you get into the private placements and syndications,
0: especially for mm.
1: accredited investors, right. you're relying very heavily on the operational partner who is, right. also has skin in the game, right? Which is very different mm. when, you know, you're, yeah. when you're buying your own rental properties you know, you have a property manager, but they don't have skin in the game. You're just paying them yeah. maybe 10% of the rents. And yeah. when you have a, a vacancy, they don't care. Right? Yeah. And, but that's where when you're a passive investor, and LP investors, usually there's a carried interest component of the deal yeah. for the operator. Mm. So if the deal does right. really well, the operator is incentivized and gets paid even more. So, you know, everybody's mm. kind of roaring in the same direction. And in a syndication and private placement, you know, you – don't do anything as a passive mm. investor. I mean, last month we had, you know, a lot of Texas freeze instances on our properties right. and, you know, a lot of the properties incurred maybe a $10,000, $15,000 of repairs. Right. You know, but passive investors didn't have to lift a finger, right? That's kind of mm. our job as the operators. Right. And, yeah. You know, it sounds like a lot of money, but it really isn't. I mean, when we're making a mm. hundred grand a month, that's maybe 10% right. of, our, of our top line revenue.
0: Wow, that's amazing. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> I think that's definitely a good deal. Um, obviously, the syndication route or these, uh, these apartment buildings are multifamily. Uh, but obviously, a lot of the investors, they have to be sophisticated or quote-unquote accredited investors, uh, according to the SEC. Um, so I'm I'm curious, what, um, what key advice would you give to someone uh, who wants to get started in real estate and wants to leave the rat race
1: like you did And what would you tell them? I would say, you know, it's very possible, right? But again, you know, when you follow the mainstream advice, you're going to get what everybody else gets working for 40, 50 years as a sheeple. Yeah. But very quietly out there, there are people doing this. Likely they've Mm -hmm. left the cubicle scene behind. Yeah. Um, But yeah, a lot of people that I work with, right, that's the number one thing they say is like, Definitely people are not talking about this stuff at their workplace, right? And yeah. like one of the biggest rules I follow, or I tell people, is never take financial advice from somebody who's not financially free. And right. that certainly is the old guy at work or your parents yeah. or the financial yeah. planner who just gets paid when you buy their commission laden products, investments. Right. Yeah. Um and this is where you have to hunt for high net worth accredited investors that are also doing mm. this stuff. But mm. you know, a lot of these guys aren't at the local real estate club or the free right. uh, internet sites. So yeah. They're kind of hard to find. But once you find them – you know, and that's, that's where I kind of found myself uh, back right. in 2016 when I started to up-level my network and pay for different masterminds and right. you know, other high net worth accredited mm. investors is –
0: I right. discovered
1: this alternative world of, you know, people were doing things very wow. differently financially. Wow. You know, they weren't investing via retirement funds. They're, they weren't investing in normal retail products, investment products. Right. They were kind of going mm-hmm. off the beaten path a little bit. Right. And they were able to create substantial legacies wealth-wise. Mm-hmm. And they did very, di- very different tax strategies and legal strategies. And, yeah. Infinite banking, banking from themselves strategies. And all these strategies are just are very simple, right? I mean, that's mm-hmm. why the podcast is Simple basic, Cash Flow. Right. <laughs> but it's very counterintuitive, right? I and mean, right. who the heck thinks of this type of stuff or thinks about <laughs> doing it a certain way, right? But right. I think a lot of people have got it completely backwards in how the wealthy do Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know, and what you said was so critical. Thank you for that. Obviously, if you want to achieve a certain level, you have to seek people who are at the level that you want to get to—a uh, mentor or mentors. And um, you know, it's interesting how they say uh, Tony Robbins says success is clue, So you want to reach out to successful people. And you know, this reminds me of a gentleman named Robert Kiyosaki, who was also from Hawaii, and he wrote a book called Rich Dad Poor Dad, and. You may have read it, and his father, he had a, a father who was his poor dad who taught him the, you know, go to school, get a job, da-da-da-da. But then he had a rich dad who taught him the ways of the wealthy, and and he's followed the advice of the rich dad, and he is where he is today. And um, so I think it's uh, an amazing book. I recommend everyone go out and read it, uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And, um You know, so he, and Robert Kiyosaki always talks about how the world is changing, how before it was the industrial age where people worked a job and whatnot, but now jobs aren't really that secure anymore. And, uh, you know, we're now in the sort of information age and just, and he recommends people go out and buy assets. You know, he also says that buying a house is a liability if you live in it, but if you rent it out, you make it an asset that which puts money in your pocket, um, so I'm curious, um, what advice would you give to someone if they're looking for someone? Uh, well, you already spoke about this. To learn from, they should go out and, and uh, speak with mentors. But where should they find them? Where would they, where where they, should they go to, to, to just look around? Maybe online or whatnot. Or,
1: well, I mean, I'm not a big fan of like the groom m- model, right? Like, yeah, I mean, I. I think a lot of stuff out there free on the internet, it's going to take you a lot of time, right? So if the right. listeners, you know, they're higher yeah. net worth, likely yeah. they you know, have a family. They don't have the time for that. But, right. you know, I would start to, like, you know, maybe just take a listen to like a few of my podcasts, right? Or yes. start reading my website. Like, right. I'm specifically working with high net worth, high paid professionals. Right. Um, I right. mean, the Kiyosaki book Rich Dad Poor Dad I think a lot of people will say it was definitely a game changer mindset wise but the problem with that damn book is like you, you, you're like yeah I'm, I'm going to do things different but you don't know what the heck to do right and that's where kind of, right. I kind of try and bridge the gap and hey here's right. t- tactically what exactly you do based on where your net worth is and here is how right. you do it safely um, right. and I think that's what's missing right I don't Think Mm. I mean there are a myriad of people, fake gurus out there that would love to take your money and kinda teach you the way. But I don't know if that's completely necessary. But hey, Mm. you know, time time is money, money is time, right? I mean you have a lot of Of money just making one to five percent, it may make sense to you. So I mean I I've paid initially when I was buying rental properties my first six, seven years, I didn't have a mentor. I just listened yeah. to some podcasts, read, you know, Millionaire Real Estate Investor by Gary Keller. That book yeah, is a yeah. great fundamental book to read. But at some point, you just have to like, just do it and buy a property. Right. You know, download yeah. my analyzer. Get to, get to learn yeah. the numbers, right? Stop reading books. Right. Analyze deals and then buy a deal and, and learn it.
0: Yeah. And that's so amazing. You know, it's so important because, you know, so many people who decide to go into real estate, they get stuck in analysis paralysis or, you know, uh, fear and they never do it. And you're saying it's important to just start even before you may know everything completely. Um, and you know, that's what you did. You listened to some podcasts and you got into the game and, and, you know, things kind of fell into place after that. So it's important that people take that first step and start, um, which is so critical.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it, it, there's a, you know, when I used to work in corporate America, there's right. a whole 70-20-10 rule where 70% yeah. is doing it, 20% is, like, your peer group, or maybe yeah. you have a mentor, right? Right. And then only 10% is the academic learning, maybe going to college, right. reading a book. Right. But people oftentimes flip this model, right? They spend so yeah. much damn time reading stuff and, and listening yeah. to podcasts. Yeah. Right? <laughs> putting focus on finding that mentor. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah.
0: That's so true. I mean, you'd, you'd be surprised. And I think for a lot of, um, you know, it's an industry, all these real estate books, you know, I'm sure there's several offices who make more money writing real estate books. Um, and then they do do <laughs> engaging in real estate. And, and it's interesting how so many people will buy so, so many books, read them, study them and not do a thing. I'm sure they realize maybe 99% of people who buy these books. Don't, don't do much with it in terms of putting, in terms of engaging in action. Um, So um, it's curious, uh, obviously you've mentioned a lot of important life lessons and success principles, um, and thank you so much for sharing um, them with us. But in addition to those, uh, are there any other important life lessons that you want to share with folks?
1: Um, Yeah, I mean, I would say, you know, you're your best resource, right? Just download the analyzer and start just analyzing deals. Right. Right? I mean, just... I don't know what the market is in your area that you're particularly looking at. You may be looking at the wrong market, right? And that's right. Is what's going to tell you right, uh, if you are looking in the right places. Um, mm. But that's, that would be like the first actionable step I usually have my students do, right? Just build a scatter right. chart of what properties are, and you start to learn what you should mm. be paying for a certain square footage right. or bedrooms, bath in a certain area. Right. And then you start to, you know, your people are smart. People are listening, if you got a college degree, you're smart. You'll figure this stuff out. Right. It's not rocket science. Right. Um, yeah. Just go ahead and get repetitions and start to learn by data mm. points. Right. Maybe that's just the engineer in me, but that's just how I've yeah. kind of done things, and that kind of works seems to work for a lot of the people that I help. Right.
0: And so that's um, that's amazing. So people should go out um, and, and download that analyzer, play around with it, use it to find out if a, if a deal is good or not. Then obviously it's important to continue working for the time being to save for that, you know, 20% down payment, which is so critical. Um, and so, you know, if people have to spend less money on certain things, you know, to, to, to save enough, then it's for their future. They should, they should do it. Um, so that's, I think that's such critical advice and thank you for that. and, I'm curious. Now, you mentioned before um, books that you read, um, like the one by Keller um, and whatnot. I'm curious, what other book recommendations do you give to folks um, when it comes to you know, real estate or personal development or any other matter?
1: Uh, that's it, guys. Stop reading damn books. <laughs> I mean, I've got <laughs> a, like a book list on my website, com slash books. Yeah, yeah. But really, guys, stop reading books. <laughs> Go out there and do it. Like and you know, yeah. get the analyzer, analyze twenty properties first, and then yeah. just go out and do it.
0: <laughs> Thank you so much. I think that's amazing v- advice because so many people get stuck reading so many books before they do anything. Right. So they, I think that's call one it, what, of the shelf, best
1: answers. They call it shelf help, right? For a reason, just <laughs> on your sh- <laughs> shelf, and it doesn't it collects, do anything. <laughs> it collects right. data. Well, dude. I mean here. Yeah. Here's the reason why, right? Why do yeah. people do this illogical thing? Yeah. Well, we yeah. as humans, we want to feel like we're making progress, right? One of yeah. the thing, big things that motivates me is like growth. Like I always want to be mm. kind of learning things and growing as a person. And books mm. give us the same dopamine response, right? When we're, yeah. we want to get financially free, we want to change our life. So what are we doing? Yeah. We're making, We're reading a book.
0: So we're getting yeah.
1: off on the same, you know, but we're not making yeah. any damn progress. Yeah. Right? So yeah. I think it's important to acknowledge that when you're reading a book, you're just, it's just mental masturbation, essentially. Right. right? Yeah. There's a reason why we, we go to it. We're, what we're really yeah. doing is just procrastinating and hiding when at some point, you know, there's an element of risk to that. Granted, yeah. when you're investing for cash flow, it doesn't really matter yeah. what the prices are, or where you are in the yeah. market cycle. You're buying a yeah. cash flow stream. If things go, tanks the next day, well, you probably still cash flow, right? Or you should underwrite yeah. your deal so that you still cash flow. You can lower rents a little bit. But you yeah. know, there's kind of one thing in the, in this world. that's the truth is like rents don't really go down. They typically go up. Yeah. Where yeah. prices kind of go up are, are kind of go up and down.
0: Uh, that's right. And it's interesting how before you mentioned you don't gamble, you're only interested in shore bets. And I guess this is an example of this, where rents sort of go up historically, and they're going to continue to go up as our population increases and the demand for housing goes up. So it's real estate, I guess, for you and for everyone else, is, is a shore bet in a sense. And, you know, you care a lot about the numbers because you're, you're an, an ex-engineer. And, and so it's all about the math and all about the numbers. And you know, you talked about how so many people read books because they're they're procrastinating and they're scared. And I think Keller, in his book that you mentioned, he talks about how success is on the other side of fear, in many ways. And so that's something people have to overcome um, psychologically, you know. And so they don't engage in this mental masturbation, you know, <laughs> of reading books and whatnot and trying to gather information before they do anything. And oftentimes these books, um, they 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 actually just Package or repack the same information as other books. It's just so weird, right? Um,
1: right. And, I mean, it's all just think and grow rich, right? Again yeah. and again and again, yeah. regurgitated in different voices. The same yeah. stuff on over and over again, guys. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You're right. And I think you said it was shelf health. Um, uh, and <laughs> that's the first time I've heard that, and I'm, I'm definitely going to use it in the future. Um, you know, and so many people are stuck in shelf health. Um, so. Um, thank you so much for that. Now, obviously, um, you know, you recommend listening to podcasts and, um, you know, your podcast, um, based on what you told me is amazing. I'm going to try to listen to as many episodes as I can, particularly the first couple episodes. And I recommend others, uh, do the same. And so would you ever perhaps write a book about your life? Um, I know you've written other books uh, about real estate, but one
1: like a biography, um I mean I I I don't think I'm that very special I mean just I kind of just follow the process but yeah I do actually do have a book coming out later this summer um people want to kind of ping me when we get closer to that probably be out by like August September but it's mm. it's Basically, walking through like a high-paid professional, you know, buying rental properties, and then when do you switch over to syndications? And then mm. at that mm. point, that's when the world opens up, right? That's to me mm. one third of the journey. The other two thirds yeah. is how do you build your family office? The tax, <laughs> the legal, yeah. the mm. infinite banking, tying it all yeah. together, right? Mm. Creating that legacy, that estate that's rock solid and that's built off of pass- passive cash flow. Right. Well, you don't Mm. have to do anything for your money and it continues to grow with Mm. whether whether or not you go to a day job.
0: Right. Definitely. Um, So I'm definitely going to get that book uh, when it comes out. (laughs) Um, That's amazing. And so, you know, I wanted to, uh, again, thank you for being a guest on the show. Um, You know, you shared with us and provided with us, uh, provided us very valuable information. Uh, A lot of new information to me and I think to others as well. Um, So, again, thank you for coming on as a guest. And I want to thank the audience uh, for listening to the episode. I'm sure they've been inspired and they've learned a lot from you. Um, I was going to go ahead and give you the last word of this uh, final send-off. Is there anything else you wanted to say?
1: No, I mean, go out and do it, guys, right? I mean, this is a very reputable process, and don't – you know. The way we do it with cash flow it doesn't matter what, what market cycle it is it doesn't matter. Mm. you're buying cash flow mm. and it's always a good time to buy. so you know right. go out there, check out my free podcast. We've got a lot of guides. you know if you're more a credit investor, check out simplepassivecashflow.com. syndication but um but yeah, you know, I always kind of look into where I can help my email address is lane at simplepassivecashflow.com. but thanks for having me.
0: You got it. Thank you for coming on as a guest. And, again, thanks to the aud- thank you to the audience. I'm going to see you guys in the ne- next episode. Take care, everyone, and bye-bye. Hey, guys, before you go, just real quick, um, if you can just do me a favor, if you can head over uh, to the uh, Apple Podcasts app, And if you're not there already, and if you can leave me a five-star review, that would be great. Um, If you love the show, if you can just go ahead and do that, and that will help uh, to spread the word about the show, and other people can enjoy the show as much as you do. And so if you can do that, that would mean the world to me. And also, if you want to email me uh, with any feedback or any praise or support, Um, please feel free to go ahead and do that. And you can also email me to request to be put on our email list. Uh, So uh, we can uh, send you out emails uh, when new episodes come out. So uh, thank you very much for being a fan of the show. Thank you for listening to the show and supporting the show. So if you can do that, go out and give us a a five-star review on the Apple podcast uh, app. That would be great. And if you can email us, So we can put you on the email list and email us with feedback and praise. That'd be amazing. Uh, Thank you so much, and I'll see you guys in the next episode. Take care. Bye-bye.